Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, my guest today is actor, writer, producer, and comedian Blake Anderson. Blake and I talk about his experience delivering pizzas, comedy, sports, relationships, and a lot more. Thank you for listening to Unqualified. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Hey, Blake. Hey, what's up? It's really nice to Zoom with you. (laughs) Absolutely. What an honor. What a very special Zoom this is. Zooms are hard because in a normal conversation, like if we were together, Uh we would not be consciously making eye contact all the time. We would be doing some other stuff. Whoa, that is a really, (laughs) I have never thought of it that way, but we are so like locked into each other's faces. I know. I don't do that in public at all. Right. You don't do that with anybody. Yeah. It's interesting though. I do feel like with Zoom, right? Remember one day that was just like a Zoom. It hit so hard. (laughs) It was like a comet. It was insane. And now it's just daily life. And now it's nomenclature. That should have been like the Webster's word of the year. (laughs) Instead, it was goblin mode, which I guess just means you're just having a very self-serving moment, which sounds sick. I want to go goblin mode a lot. (laughs) Blake, do you have any nicknames? I go by Uncle Blazer. Yeah. Uncle Blazer? Yes, yes. That would be my Twitter handle. But it came about when I was living in the workaholics house with all the roommates. They just started to call me Uncle Blazer and it kind of stuck. I like it a lot. Thanks. There are more syllables in Uncle Blazer (laughs) than in Blake. So it requires a little more energy, which means it's a good nickname. Yeah, right? I feel like nicknames can go on forever if you want. They can be really long. My parents call me Rudy. Okay. Is there a story or that's just what seeped out one day? Yep. It's either Ani or Rudy. They call me Rudy all the time. Unless, of course, they're pissed. Yeah. Blake, I was a huge fan of Workaholics, and I've been listening to your podcast. Oh, boy. Which is hysterical. (laughs) Dude, are you kidding me? Just hearing that from you is like, I'm down to gas you up. You are like so important to my comedic quilt. Like, you are so funny. That's kind. You're top tier comedian. Thank you. That was never my goal. Really? I took myself incredibly seriously. I was a quiet kid Uh who had really strong opinions, (laughs) but I appreciate that. Blake, will you tell me about you were a pizza delivery person? I was. I'm glad you're pulling that part of my resume up because it's very, very important to me. I love my pizza delivering years. I bet you got good tips. (laughs) Oh, no, not at all. Are you kidding me? (laughs) 
terrible <laughs> tips. I was delivering in Westwood, which is like where UCLA campus is. Okay. And when you deliver to college students. And you kind of look like them. Yes. Yeah, sometimes the tip they offer is just a rip off of their bong. And it's like, dude, the, okay, I guess if that's what you're giving me. But yeah, no, there were not many big tippers in the frat houses. Did you get a lot of tickets? I mean, it's hard to park in that area. It's terrible, but you know, it was still fun. And this is what I mean. Like, just my sense of you is that you probably make the best out of rough situations. You have to try, right? You have to give it a shot. What's like kind of the grossest hotel, motel, hostel (laughs) experience you've had? I was definitely in Baltimore. Me and the guys, before we had gotten workaholics, National Lampoon tried to refire up this thing called the Groundlings, which was like kind of this legendary comedy troupe, like Belushi, like all the legends were in it. And like... 2000, maybe 10 or something, Lampoon was like, let's fire it up again with a bunch of people nobody knows, including like us dudes. And the comedy tour, they said, we're going to send you on a big comedy tour. (laughs) It ended up being three cities. It was like LA, of course. And then we went to like Waukegan in Illinois or like Wisconsin or something. Well, they have fabulous (laughs) senses of humor there. Oh, yeah. No, we were killing out there. And then we were in Baltimore. Definitely the hotel we stayed at, there was a car parked in front of the hotel with bullet holes in the front window. And we're like, we made it. This is it. Yeah. This is our comedy origin story right here. Would you consider yourself a complainer or like what agitates you? Shoot, I don't know. I try to stay pretty like chill under pressure or whatever. I think all of my fears come from psychological doubt and stuff like that. Like you're never going to work again? Yeah, sure. And maybe I should shave my head and start all over again. I've been in this industry like over half of my life now. Uh And I don't know how I will ever shake that idea. Yeah, it's super uncomforting. I know like we're so fortunate to do a job that is not a job in any way. And it's so I mean, it is a job in a lot of ways, but it's so fulfilling in that you get to bring happiness to people. And there's so much good that comes from it. But that looming, like, I don't know where or when my next job is, is sometimes crippling as far as anxiety goes. Oh, yeah. My sense of comedy always feels like I can't pinpoint it. Right. Because really, like making scary movie, uh-huh. all I had was my sincerity. Sure. You know, which felt very real. Yeah. Which didn't land in like, oh, I'm trying to make people laugh territory. Well, yeah, I think that's the right way to approach any role is with sincerity and truthfulness to like whatever your character might be. I think that's what resonates is like you were so into these characters that were so, you know, from the outside looking in just silly. But you're the one who's having to make the decisions in your mind for that person. You're putting yourself in like a dumber headspace in a way. You (laughs) know what I mean? Which is tricky sometimes when there's no logic behind it. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Especially when you're in like scary movie is so like we'll go for any joke. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do I truthfully deliver something that is so insane? Like that doesn't even make logical sense in our universe. Totally. And I would have journalists ask me like during the press tours, like, who is Cindy Campbell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, dude. The person who holds this prop? <laughs> yeah, totally. Sometimes it's that easy, too. That's what's kind of cool about now and, like, listening to your audience is, like, they will bring stuff that you didn't even bring. And that's why I always think it's so funny when, like, 
smart directors or actors will just kind of be like, well, you know, I leave that up to your interpretation. Yeah. I'll let the audience decide what that means. But I think that really just means maybe they didn't even think about it or they didn't see that. Yes. And they're like, yes. oh, shit. You're so right. <laughs> okay, wait. I want to play a game with you. Okay. It's called Deal Breakers. Okay, Deal Breakers. Sure. I think I get the gist of that. Yeah. We used to do this segment all the time, and then we made a card game out of it. Oh, look at you. Your scenario is you're on a first date. Mm -hmm. So you've just sat down. Okay. Hey, oh my God, Blake, it's so nice to meet you. It's really. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, I love your hair. Like, I loved it on this show. <laughs> and like, I'm a little nervous. Oh, why? It's casual. Oh, this is cool. This is cool. You know, you just never know who you're going to get. I mean, I knew I was going to get you. Yeah. But I've dated like a lot of celebrities. Really? Oh, well, I don't want to really talk about that. But mm, okay. I'm Ash. Ash? Yeah, I know it says Ashley on my profile. Sure. But everyone calls me Ash. It's easier. Yeah. Some people call me Uncle Blazer. Uncle Blazer. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. That is weird. Are you like the fun uncle? Huh? That's right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Blake, so you believe in reincarnation and I do, too. And I think it's really rare. Uh -huh. And I just want to ask you, uh -huh. like, who were you back then? Who was I? It's not so much as who is what. I feel like maybe I was like a snail, probably. A snail? Yeah. I think I was a snail. I was Cleopatra. Oh. And I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah. I feel like, and I don't know why, not, don't take this the wrong way, but maybe a lot of people could be reincarnated as the same person, but I feel like Cleopatra is no. kind of the goat. No, it's not. No? I know that she's like famous and stuff. Yeah. And that's when I like had my fame. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's why I feel like I'm a famous person, even though. I mean, I kind of am, but... How kind of? Like, I influence. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that from you. Under the influence. <laughs> Is that possible? Is that what you're saying? Are you medicated? No. What? <laughs> no? no. Okay, that's no, fine. No, I don't really believe in medication. Sure, 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 sure. I mean, I just think that everybody wants us to work, work, work. Right. You know, like being a part of the machine. Oh, gosh. Yeah. They want to, like, control us. Oh, sure. You know, so we keep working. So we make them money. Like you say you're an influencer, but who are you influencing for? I don't call myself an influencer. Okay. I call myself an influencer. Influencer. You don't say. Wow. I do. And it's across all demographics. Perfect. Yeah. Like pretty much everybody. Worldwide. I don't want to say everyone's like drawn to me. Sure. But I like to think I have an impact. Impact. I like that word better than influence, even. An impact. I want to get the beluga caviar. I don't know where our waiter is. Well, I think that can happen for you. You don't even ask me any questions. I'm kind of just letting you steer the ship, yeah. I don't like that. I want a captain or a navigator. Oh. Uh, okay, so why don't you ask me some questions about me, Blake? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to be so demanding, but let's just get real. Like, we went through covid we were in quarantine. Sure. Let's just dive deep. I don't want to talk about the weather. Okay. Okay. I mean, like, wh um, what was there stuff you did during quarantine? Did you, like, find a new hobby? I sure did. Okay. Cool. What? Well, it was becoming an influence. Okay. And I felt like I really found myself, like, holy. You know, I did a lot of soul searching. Sure. Everything. So thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm a, like a much better person. Right. You're Cleopatra, which is huge. 
No, I knew that a long time ago when I was like four. When you're four, I was like, oh, I'm a leader, you know. Ash, go off. Yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about The Bachelor? I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen it. I don't watch a lot of reality television. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm not opposed to it though. Like I just have never had someone. Like, what do you watch? Uh, you know, I watch a lot of comedies. I watch a lot of sports. So, dude. Yes. All right. You don't even like know how emotions go. Then is the only way you're learning about human emotion is through reality television. First of all, okay. If you haven't seen it, dude, <laughs> you can't knock it. All right. I, I, I haven't said a bad word about it. I don't want to spend the rest of this date. Fighting? Explaining reality <laughs> television not, to you. I, in no way did I ask you to do that, nor did I say I'm against it. I just have never had a person to watch it with. I can be your person. <laughs> I know. I Yeah, that's. I believe you. Yeah, okay. Thanks. I can't tell if you've been mad at me the whole time or... No, I'm not mad. Well, you're kind of I'm lashing I'm not mad. Out. You're not? No, I think that we're totally getting along. <laughs> oh, this is going actually. really good. This is going great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Then I'm still in. I'm not out yet. And you know what? I also think... Yeah. That you were not a snail. Okay. You were actually helping me build some of those pyramids. Whoa. But okay, we like saw each other once or whatever because I'm in the carriage. <laughs> sure, yeah. And you're just like helping haul giant slabs, really heavy. You died young. I bet that's hard work. So you're saying I was kind of like schlubbing these bricks around, and I caught you out of the corner of my yeah, eye. Yeah, we had. That's why you have such strong muscles. Oh, yeah. And I saw you and I was like, huh. Huh. You clocked me. I clocked you, but Clea's got a lot going on. I bet. A lot of decisions to make. Are you good with math? I'm terrible. That's probably my worst subject. I'm really good with math. Really? I have worked as an accountant. Yeah? For like a company or doing people's taxes? No, for El Guapo. El Guapo. Yeah. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) I helped fund the tunnel. You are a very intriguing person. I know. Like, there's several times where I thought I had you pinned and I knew who you were. Well, tell me about you. (laughs) Do you have a dog? I don't have a dog. I had an iguana. Ooh, lizards. Yeah, it. I don't know if it died, but I lost it. It escaped? Kinda, yeah. It's weird. What do you mean, kind of? Well, it kind of was like getting a little infection in its tail. So I brought it to the vet. And then the vet, when I came back to pick it up, was like, hey, we don't know where your iguana is. The veterinarian lost your iguana? Yeah. And what was the iguana's name? Smog. Kind of like the dragon from Lord of the Rings. The vet lost Smog. Yeah. Okay, so back to you. Uh Uh-huh, sure. I'm really good at, like, getting a sense of who people are. Uh, Yeah. So now in this life, Mm -hmm. you are a comedian or something. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, does that, like, does that fulfill you? Being a comedian? Yeah. Yes, in a lot of ways, yes. Like how? Um, It really makes me happy to know that I make people laugh. That's always been a goal for me. I like making people laugh. Makes me feel good. Do you think it's hard? It can be. Because I want to do it. Well, you're very funny. Okay, first of all, do you know why I'm complex? Why is that? Because I am made up of Marie Antoinette. Whoa. Cleopatra. 
Joan of Arc. Whoa. Amelia Earhart. Holy moly. That's why I am who I am. Absolutely. You're making history no matter what. You're never just like a girl working at Baskin Robbins. Only to build my biceps. <laughs> it is hard to scoop. It really is. Man, sometimes those big tins, they come out hard. Like, I totally disobeyed all the rules I have to break. You're very funny. <laughs> I'm in. Ashley rocks. Normally, the way you play the game is that you draw a card. Okay. And I essentially made Ashley a combination of these cards. Mm-hmm. They tell you they knew you in a past life. Check. Got that. Wow, I really gave you a U-turn when I said it was a snail. My bad. They work as an accountant for a drug cartel. That's right. Okay, that yeah, that one threw me. Holy, that's a tough one. How many cards are you supposed to draw during a round? You're only supposed to do one. You don't have to do characters. It's just... Because <laughs> I was like, this game is hard as hell. <laughs> I know. It's because it was too playful. They believe their reincarnation of Cleopatra. Wow, yeah. They call you dude. Oh, I was wondering why that started to pour out. <laughs> they cry every time they watch The Bachelor. Oh. <laughs> that's why. That, you know. That's kind of real, though. <laughs> then we got into our first argument. <laughs> yeah, holy smokes. That, that wasn't even on the card. That just came organically. Yeah, you're not supposed to necessarily <laughs> create an entire character. <laughs> the most complex character ever. I know. <laughs> so wait, Blake, though. Bottom line, is there a world where you would ever see Ashley again? Like maybe in passing, but no, I would not date that person. I would have a friendship with her for sure because I love being around people who can be like batshit crazy or you just don't know what to expect from them. I love those kind of people. Like I love random people that keep you on your toes. But as far as like pursuing a relationship I don't know. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. That person seemed real to me. I feel like I've met people like that. In L.A.? Yeah, it's a very L.A. person. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When I first moved to Los Angeles, I couldn't believe the self-describer. Like the person who is like, here's what I am. And there's kind of awesome things in that now as I get older. But for me, coming from a city that was, when I left, experiencing, like in 1995, the economic growth of Seattle yeah. really started to kick in yeah. with various corporations or whatever. Mm-hmm. We invented grunge and Starbucks. 
Yeah, dude. The vibe in Seattle was crazy. So I came down with this ingrained <laughs> chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Like I didn't make presumptions that people were stupid or fake because I was so aghast that everyone was so friendly. Right. And I felt like a cooler kid for the first time in my life. Look at that. And I was happy. I was getting like sun. <laughs> what a wonder vitamin D will do. Man. <laughs> Man. So, Blake, will you tell me about the first time you told yourself, I think I love this person? The first time I ever felt love? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there are different types of love. Totally. They go through the decades. Right. There's like the hardcore crush in third grade. Yeah. And then there's like sixth grade when it's like almost time to kiss. Yeah. And then I think the raw part for me and I think for most people is the ages between 16 to 23. Like when there are highs of like, let's jump off a bridge. Yeah. Passion. Yeah. So what about that like raw time? Who was that person? It's kind of interesting because I'm kind of like a bit of a pack rat. I don't throw a lot of stuff away. So I actually have kept a lot of like my love letters from like my high school relationship, you know, which was like kind of one of my first real relationships. Oh, it was definitely a girl who I had met in like theater because I did like drama class in high school and all that. Was your drama club held in high esteem socially or low esteem? Oh, that's a good question. I don't feel like theater kids were outcasts. Like we had a improv class as well. So like an improv group and we perform at lunch and like we were pretty funny. Like it was myself and even Kyle who directed Workaholics. Oh, so you guys were like popular in that like fun way. Yeah. Like no one hated you. <laughs> no, we weren't getting like dunked in the toilet or like taped against the wall or anything. Like if there was like a senior breakfast or whatever, we would perform at those and people were hyped to see us. That's awesome. Yeah. And actually, this girl was on the improv team as well. Did you admire her? She was definitely like had a great sense of humor and very silly in those ways. And she loved to laugh. And I think that was like a large part of her attraction to me is that I just was like a silly guy as well. But yeah, we even continued our relationship as I went on to college. It must have been maybe three to four years at least. That's a long time. You guys like made it through a lot. Yeah. But even then in looking back, the letters, reading these letters, oh my gosh, they're so heavy. Like I don't think I could summon that kind of passion for a letter. Then I have tons of them. But you swear in the moment that that's the beginning of end of life and like it's all right there. It's really interesting to have, you know, be able to look back on that stuff. I'm so glad you kept those letters. You know, your daughters are going to go through something like this. Yeah. They're going to be smart, confident girls that are going to fall hard and feel raw like most of us do. Hopefully, I think, because it gives you... It has to give you something. I don't know what it is yet. But. It's really hard to explain to young people that what is happening in their lives isn't like the forever of it. Yes. You grow so much changes. But when you're in the moment, whether you're in high school or 
whatever, you swear it's like you're living and dying by this stuff. Completely. You really care about what your high school peers think of you. And then you realize that once you're out of high school, after about four years, none of it matters at all for the rest of your life. So did you guys go to separate colleges? Yes. So that's where all these letters are from. Yeah. It was like kind of the long distance thing going on. And you guys lasted two years? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there were a bunch of breakups. I call it the half-life. Yeah, totally. It keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Oh, yeah. And the breakups would rock me, man. Like truly thinking like I had, I guess I did. I had like young heartbreak where like you're listening to songs way beyond your years and you're like, oh, this is speaking to me. Like it's crazy. You look back on it and it's like, wow, can't believe I was summoning that strong of emotion. Yeah, I know. There's sort of a rarity in it. Yeah. Will you elaborate though? a little bit about how you guys were breaking up. Yeah, I mean, those are such, you know, out of high school and in your first years of college, they're such formative years personally that it's almost hard, especially it being like a long distance relationship, is you're evolving so rapidly as your own person to try to keep the relationship to evolve with you while also being not together. It's like almost an impossible task. You know, it's just so much is happening. You're developing so rapidly at that age. You're really coming into your own and your true self. Like, it's the first time I'm outside of my parents' care. I'm solo. I'm independent Blake. And then still navigating this relationship from high school. It's just like you start to understand that, like, maybe even the person you knew in high school, you're not even truly as an adult compatible with. Like, looking back, that person, you know, we're still cool with each other, but like, imagining us still being together, it'd be insane. If I could tell my <laughs> son one thing is like to not get married till at least 30. Yeah, for sure. Like, don't do that <laughs> just yet. <laughs> That's the lullaby you've created that you sing every night. <laughs> don't get married till you're 30. It's like, that's Need the song. That time to be selfish. <laughs> Work on your career. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do think, you know, we as human beings, we're like evolving throughout our life. But to have a relationship, whether your personal evolution with you, it just adds a whole nother layer to it. So it's complex. Will you tell me how you met your girlfriend? We were DJing the same party. She was headlining. I opened for her. Had you met her before? That was the first time. I had never met her before. I was DJing before her and I was playing a set entirely of Soldier Boy. And she came up to me and she's like, do not play this song by Soldier Boy because I want to play that. And I'm like, hey, you got it. And that's how our relationship started. In contention. Yeah, she told me what to do. And I was like, oh, okay, that was a little sassy, but I'm down. I'll make it work. And then what happened? Well, then I like immediately after the guy who was kind of like throwing the party, I'm like, who is she? That girl rocks. I love her. I really want to get to know her. I love how much you're smiling talking about this. <laughs> 
I was just very much like, wow, I really want to get to know that girl. And then, and then I was kind of informed that she had a boyfriend. So I was like, oh, OK, well, we'll see where life takes us. And then like later down the road, we kind of randomly ran into each other. And I don't know, just kind of organically figured out that she was single. And then we're like, well, why don't we get together and make snickerdoodles one day? Because we had found out that we both really like snickerdoodles. I like the snickerdoodle <laughs> chapter idea. I think maybe through social media, I had seen her post snickerdoodles and I was kind of in not a weird way was kind of like, I love snickerdoodles. And then it was kind of like, we should make some sometime. And I was like, this is my chance. You seem happy. I am happy. Yes. What's not to be happy about? I've got wonderful people in my life and I'm healthy and I feel good. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Blake, will you tell us about I'm Totally Fine? I'm Totally Fine is a independent film I got to be a part of during quarantine. It was like one of the first things I did, like shot really indie with a very small crew out in Palm Springs. And actually all the parts that I did were via FaceTime. But basically, it's this this little movie about Jillian Bell. She plays this woman who has just lost her really close friend of hers. And she goes to Palm Springs to kind of get her mind right. And that friend kind of appears to her in the form of an alien. And so she basically has this weekend with her friend that just passed away. And it's just kind of about grief and moving on with your life after you lose someone who's really important to you. It's cute. And Zillian Bell, she's just tremendous. Yeah. Me and the guys, the Workaholics guys, before we got Workaholics, because Jillian Bell, of course, is Jillian on Workaholics, we met her in kind of the sketch comedy circuit we were running in. We did this thing called Comedy Cocktail at Hollywood and Highland, where it was basically like every first Saturday of the month or last Saturday of the month, there'd be like five to six sketch comedy groups and you got to perform like your best sketch. And we met her through that. And she was just such a standout and so hilarious. And we're just like, let's be friends with that girl. She's so darn funny. One of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. She's the best. What characteristics do you think you inherited from your parents? Ah, well, my mother is very caring. Like she's happy if her family is happy. I think that I got a lot of like, even in my want and desire to make people laugh, I'm so obsessed with nobody disliking me. I think one of my least favorite things is knowing if someone doesn't like me. 
Like, I don't want enemies. I'm so with you. It feels inconceivable. Yeah, I feel like I can think of like two people who in my life didn't like me and it ate me up inside. Like, I'm like, damn, why? I feel like I try to be the best me I can be in relationships. When they fall apart, people get angry and they say hurtful things or whatever. And it's just like, man, how do I make it better? And I feel like I get that from my mom. You're a diplomat and a problem solver which can be hard in relationships if the problem is trying to be solved too quickly. Sure, that's where I'm saying like there are things that do take time and you can't just like force things to be better. Right. Sometimes people just have to ride it out. Uh-huh. Would you say you have a quick temper? I don't think I have a quick temper. I mean, I can definitely get upset, but I stay pretty even. If anything, I just like complain, but I don't get like aggressive at things. If you had a pet peeve, I guess just because like we're talking about relationships, I think a big part of my pet peeves in that is like silent treatment. I believe in giving people time to go form their thoughts at their own time, come back and approach. But like, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship where you're in a fight and it's on like day two of you guys are waking up and you know you're pissed at each other, but you're not approaching the subject to repair it. You're not talking about it. You're not doing it. It's just like, Maybe you're just going to wait for it to subside and move on. But never talking about things drives me nuts. So wait, let's do a tiny bit of sports talk. You're a sports podcast. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. All right. Hey, (laughs) hey, everybody. We're here with the sports roundup with Blake Anderson. What up? All right, Blake. We know you love the ball. We love it. All of them. So which ball do you like the most? The one that's small, the one that's oblong, the one that's larger and round like a globe. Orange-ish. Orange. Orange. The larger one. (laughs) The the coolest sports podcaster. I'm a fan of the larger orangish ball game. Now let me guess your team. I'm going to ask you a series of yes or no questions. Okay. I know that you have a sense of loyalty. So I'm going to go with a team in California. Of course. I'm going to go with a team in Northern California. Of course. Always. I grew up in Northern California in the Bay Area region. So in basketball, I love the Golden State Warriors. I was going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Man, you said it before I could. They're a popular team. They're actually good. When I was growing up, they were not good at all, but they're pretty good right now. Could you call yourself a fair weather fan at times? Because listen, I was a Seahawk fan Hello. when they got really good. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I always love my teams, but you're allowed to turn off your fandom every once in a while. If your team is really sucky, nobody wants to talk to you about them. So just like put it to bed for a little bit, at least publicly. But I'm always down for my squads privately. I actually really appreciate your take on the Fairweather fan. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about loser teams, so I understand that. It's just sparing people. Yeah, I really <laughs> appreciate that. That's actually good. I like that. Do you have a favorite Olympic sport that you like to watch? I love a lot of them. I love watching track. I love watching swimming. I love watching basketball, wrestling. They're all awesome. You did describe yourself early on as a sports lover. Sure. I love competition. I love watching humans excel to the greatest of their potential. I think it's incredible. And not to mention, I don't watch reality TV because sports is the greatest reality television there is. Isn't there a bit of a shady element? I don't know if you've been watching the World Cup. That's part of the intrigue. Yeah. 
I have a series to recommend to you. I love that. Have you seen Better Sport? It's a documentary series. They're incredibly produced uh-huh. and it's about different sports scandals. Do you know this one? Yeah, I think one is about the NBA like refs that were like cheating. Yes. Have you seen the ice skating one? Like the competitive ice skating, like the Olympic one? Yeah. Is it about like Tanya Harding or what? No, it's about this Canadian pair. They lose to Russia. Mm. I think it was 2002. Yeah, that's adding up. Salt Lake City. Yes, great Olympics. Yeah. I liked that one. Why? I just remember there were a lot of great competition. I remember Salt Lake City being really good. And I remember Atlanta being a really good one, too. This interests me. I appreciate your sense of competition because I really like the Olympics, too. But I would never call myself an avid sports fan. No. So this concludes. (laughs) What a reveal. Wow, what a host reveal. Hey, guys, I actually don't like sports. <laughs> I do, but I don't. I mean, they're only as important as you make them. Some people make them too important. But yeah, I guess that's what I like about them is like you're allowed to completely invest and go absolutely insane to the 10th degree yell, like get all your emotions as high as you want. Yes. them. But then at the yeah. end of it, you just have to be able to say, But in reality, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a game. That is wisdom that a lot of people don't fully understand. Yes, some people take it too far and they aren't able to switch off their sports brain and say it's just a game. Or like their identity that's associated with the team. Yeah. And trust me, I've battled with truly being like sad because you do invest. I've been close to brought to tears when my team loses. It's a bummer. But at the end of the day, it's just sports. You aren't the one on the field, Blake. It's not your fault. Not anymore. Let me out there. I'm ready. (laughs) What's the best or worst advice anyone has ever given you? I thought about it recently. And like, I've always said like the best advice is such obvious advice. It is always like never give up, right? Like you're never going to get to your goal if you quit. But I started to think about it. I always thought of it in terms as of reaching a goal. Never give up and then you'll get to the goal. But I have found that the thing that has helped me most personally is like never give up on yourself. I think a lot of times for people who, you know, I have a tendency to be depressed or whatever, but it's all about continuing to work on you and be the best you you can be because I don't know. I just always assumed that I was going to be the best me. But sometimes being the best you actually takes effort. You know what I mean? You don't just roll out of bed being the best you. It requires yourself to show up for yourself. So I don't know. I was going for a run. I was like, I want to start viewing the term never give up, not just on reaching a goal, but just never give up on yourself. Keep showing up for yourself and giving your best effort for yourself, because I think that will radiate out to everything else in your life. I love that answer. It makes me want to ask you about something kind of darker about Uh the world of comedy a little bit. Uh Stand-up comics that I've interviewed on the podcast are consistently fascinating. Yeah. But also a slight world apart. And not to generalize all of them, but that drive, like when you have everything you need to retire and yet you still perform twice a week or whatever. And I respect that idea because I understand the love of performing. 
but I've never done like solo. It's always been like a play. Uh-huh. Will you tell me a little bit about like the isolation of a comic? Well, I just think so much of comedy is mined from personal observation and then just having those observations just swishing around in your brain over and over again to mine the comedy out of them. I don't know. Anytime I'm like trying to think of like a funny set piece or a funny episode idea, it's really just about taking whatever kernel of observation and just sort of extracting it so much to find the unique perspective. Because comedy is just really like you're finding the thought that nobody else had until you tell them the thought. And then they're like, oh my gosh, that is that. I can't believe I never could pinpoint that. But I think that's purely because you're in the laboratory of your mind going so deep into these things, trying to find that essence that it can be isolating because so much of the work is done in your head especially for like a stand-up comedian, you know? I know you can bounce it off of other comedians you may respect or whatever, but it's all such a personal process. It's isolating to be observant, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Because to like truly be observing, you kind of can't be distracted, you know? You kind of have to be super hyper-focused if you're going to be observing on such a layered way. If you're going to go so in-depth in something, you can't really have distraction. You kind of got to go to a place where you're alone in your own head. Blake, I can't thank you enough, truly. Thank you for having me. This was a pleasant afternoon. I really appreciate you, Blake. Thank you so much. Thank you.